On this episode, who is this is a podcast. We are a bunch of dancing fools from the pod geek mafia as we get into the firmest ska core band of all time. Who do voodoo we do? Fuck, Fuck you. you. It's Voodoo Glow Skulls Parte Uno on Checkered Past, the Skodcast. What up, Checkerheads? Welcome to Checkered Pass, the Scottcast with Slynn and Rob. Buckle in. The show where uh, Jack Scollington from Nightmare Before Cool Christmas and uh, two 800 gecks from T2 Judge Dredgment Day explore the history and impact of a different band each episode. Hope to bring in new fans along the way. I'm Rob, and this is my sister and co-host, Slynn. So you did Ska and like Christmas, but Nightmare Before Christmas. I did Skeletons. Skeletons. Okay, what the hell was the last one? I didn't recognize anything. It in was that. stupid. Joey, do you want to go? <laughs> yeah, I, I I really liked Judge Dredman. <laughs> okay, Judge Dredd. I feel like that's an easy pun for me to bring up. Judge Dredd is just Day. always but where's there the skeleton? for me. Because the the T whatever is T-1, like a skeleton looking T-2000? dude. Okay, yeah, yeah that's all. <laughs> that he's a skeleton looking dude. Jack Skellington's a skeleton looking dude, and T. Whatever yeah. is a skeleton looking dude. I just, you know, came so up skeleton with looking dudes and ska. Nah. Okay. Yeah. I got there. <laughs> Hi, engineer. Hi. My co host with the most toast. I don't have it. I, I did have some toast today. I did. The most. <laughs> the most toast. Out of the everyone here. Toast. Be on brand, Joey. Yeah. You have, have the most have toast. toast. Six loaves of toast today. <laughs> is this for me? Yep. Yay. I'm yep. excited. We're Brought, using fueled by koozies. sea change. We are fueled by sea change. We're oh, going to do, go. this thing. do the thing. Oh, whatever. Satisfying. So I, satisfying. I already opened mine. <laughs> a death wave for our first segment. Look. Which I don't think you queued up the There's a little support. skeleton death guy. Death skeleton, right? skeleton guy. There's a skeleton guy. I did that on purpose. I absolutely thought guy. of this. <laughs> and he's surfing on a can. I bet this motherfucker <laughs> listens to our subject band today. That's I, that I agree. dude for sure he's listens to He's heard of them. Yeah, he's heard of them. Not a fan, but he's heard of them. (laughs) You have a selenit. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really don't want to do the song. Then don't. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to talk about the West Edmonton Mall. I just came from there, pre-pod. I also went there last week. I went back because I. Every time I leave something that I want, I always come back for it. And I should know better. I don't. But I just wanted to. I don't know if anyone that is listening has been to the West Edmonton Wall, but I always think about how I went once with someone who's never been, and they were from Montreal, and like to see it through their eyes is like pretty shocking. So first of all, you walk in. There's a giant fucking pirate ship. Like, like to scale pirate ship, right? Yeah, that you can like walk around. That you can on. like walk around on the Santa Maria. And it's Santa Maria, <laughs> and then that's like across from like the sea lion show that happens, which is really sad. They have way too many animals there, and There's it's a not on good. The fun, Everyone looks sad. Ship. There's a nice Cinzio. It always smells really good there. Always smells great. Um, now this is new that I was really excited about, and yeah. I think I have to do. They have like swan boats, like 
have oh, really? like, like swans and like different like a flamingo and shit. That you there's can, a like, significant amount of water features. In yeah, and the water's pretty yeah. gnarly. Also, something everyone should YouTube after is compilations of people jumping into the water from like the into different the stories. Yeah, yeah from the mall. Illegal. Tons, tons and tons and but tons and tons and tons of people do it. It's so gross. <laughs> um, what else is in the mall? Well, there's like a huge, right now they're transitioning Galaxy Land, which is just this big amusement park into Hasbro Land. Oh, it's so and it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's, like, it's like knockoff bad Hasbro. It's like the game Sorry or something. Yeah. I said like, that's so Canadian again. Sorry. sorry. The sorry. game Sorry is in it. And like Operation. <laughs> like yeah. Like, yeah. But it's it's like, not like My Little Pony or like, but it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know what? It's though? like shoved in there too. It's like Don't. the Operation like like bumper cars don't or shit whatever. talk that t- shit talk that giant operation game though because that <laughs> giant operation arcade game that's in like the kids area at like fucking whatever fun zone arcade these days fucking is awesome all right all right <laughs> Just all right saying. Um, there's also a theater a giant theater on the top it was fine which uh, I used to work at there used to be a fire breathing dragon in the theater and there isn't anymore no. it was always down <laughs> i worked there and people would ask when it breathe fire and i would say every 15 minutes or it's down there's, there's also a, a there's dinner a, theater there's a dive there's bar jubilations yeah there's a dinner, dinner theater oh yeah there's a fake dive there's bar people said the dive bar. bar's fun yeah and, and also like bands that my band played with back in the day are yeah. playing shows there and i'm like you yeah, know what a big, fuck them all but also i kind of big like restaurant boulevard there's two food giant food courts one's fancy now the new food yeah, court's fancy yeah that's fancy there's tons of like korean stores like tons like korean fashion or just like Sanrio based stores, like that's a really big thing now. Yeah, a lot of Uniqlo. Yeah, and like lots of, yeah, and lots of like K pop stuff for the mall rats, I'm assuming. Anyway, is Spaghetti Factory still there? They're still pumping out spaghetti. Oh, there's a giant ice rink in the, oh, yeah, huge, (laughs) huge huge ice rink rink in like the middle. Because Canada. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a whale. You can go into. I don't know if the whale's still he's, there. He's relocated. Oh, he's just relocated to like a dark corner of the mall. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, the water park. Yeah. There's also a huge, a huge water park, which is separate from. Mm-hmm. Is close to where the pirate ship is, but it's separate. It's huge, 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 and has like a skylight and shit, and, and like a big pool wave pool and, and tons of crazy lazy, slides, lazy river, and lazy river, and, yeah, and they shit. do like elect EDM shows there, and you can like have drinks and have a cabana. The uh, it, it that mall is owned by the Gramesian brothers who also own the Mall of America and that new mall that's in Philadelphia. Is that the one where they have like a ski? I think I think there's one in the U.S. Where, yeah, like a, like, ski, a, like an indoor ski slope. Yeah, that was like that, a thing that's I read kind about. of beaten out our pirate ship. To be yeah. honest, they mortgaged the mall to build it. Oh wow! Yeah, that's not no not Mall of America. Mall Mall of America's gigantic, but doesn't have ski slope no it, is, it isn't but that would make sense because it's in minnesota you guys are being oh, yeah. boring yeah, okay, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> i'm being boring yeah How you guys just like you? got it real boring didn't it was you that it was, i took recently, edibles yeah, last time saying. and it felt like i was in tokyo <laughs> it was great i felt like i was like in a different country it was crazy it was wild the mall's crazy it's so wild that it's just there you get so used to it too. yeah you, you get, get really, really numb and then you're just like oh the fucking it. mall but like it is a party and also one last thing they used to do rock and rides at the amusement park there which is where like tweens would grind like do like big much music video dance party which is our canadian mtv and yep. big giant screens and that was the first time i ever saw sir mixel at baby got back and i remember it being like a very like pivotal moment because there's like three <laughs> giant screens i was like what is 
is. <laughs> and I was like, I think I like this song. That, that man, song was that not man contemporary. man is humping the biggest buns I've ever seen. Yeah. That's enough of this. Oh, we got back. That was perfect. We are absolutely thrilled to introduce our guests. They are the vocalist, trombonist, and saxophonist for ska punk band Joystick, whose new EP Dwell is streaming everywhere right now through Bad Time Records. Bex, Andy, and Duck are here. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Hey, y'all. Welcome. Welcome to the party. How are y'all doing? Okay, so talk to me about malls. What do you <laughs> want to know about West Edmonton Mall? What, what's your mall situation, where you're from? Let's talk Okay, yeah. so as the uh, mall queen here. Um, <laughs> so, okay, the mall that you were describing in North America with the ski slope, that is in New Jersey. Oh! Oh, it's in Jersey. It's go. in New Jersey, yeah. So and? It is, so and it's you right never took us there? No, because it sucks. <laughs> ah, yeah. No, so the like this place it's called the American Dream, right? That's what it's called, the American Dream. <laughs> yep. A mall, of course. It is right next to MetLife Stadium, which is where the New York Jets and New York Giants all play. Um it, yeah, even though the stadium's in New Jersey. Um but yeah, it's like maybe 15 minutes out from New York City. Like you can see New York City from the actual mall. Um but like Ever since they opened, mind you, this this mall has been under construction since like 2007. They were going to call it something else. And the, the whole mall was supposed to be like neon colored on the outside. It had like some sort of like um, asymmetrical like checkerboard pattern on the outside, which was cool as hell oh, to drive down. Yeah, that's people were very common. angry about it, though, because there are <laughs> a lot of uncultured people in New Jersey. Um now you have God died in 1997. That. That's what not, in say, Jersey, not in New Jersey. Not in New Jersey. But no, like it was wild though too because of the fact that they were building it during the Great Recession of 2008. Like they just straight up lost money and like ran out of money to build it. So the project was on hold until like 2017, 2018. They started mm-hmm. to rebuild it and they finally opened it. I think in 2021. Um, okay. But, like, there have been a lot of bad things that happened there. So like. I like. I don't know if it was just like it's built cursed. on like an Indian burial ground yeah, or something. That's what it like, like. <laughs> they, so they had like Nickelodeon World in there, or they still do have it. But uh, yeah, it was wild. Like that's they had, cooler like, than Hasbro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I must wait, aren't, they're probably all owned by the same people too. Like it's like yeah. conglomerate, yeah, true, yeah, um, entertainment overlords. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no, like they had like a rocket ship or something like suspended in the air and it like fell into like a pool where like kids were swimming near. Whoa. That's a classic big mall thing. People have died on the roller coaster in our, it was like a big thing. I think eight people died on the yeah. mind, mind bender. Yeah. I definitely went on it. After. A couple Did people, people die from yeah. the rocket? <laughs> Uh no, but there were a couple like injured people, which is not not funny. funny. I, I'm not laughing not about funny. it. I did not laugh. <laughs> um like people have died on the ski slope though apparently like it's bad that's why i'm like how are people still if you google it like honestly you'll probably get like a whole plethora of (laughs) of results saying like all the bad things that have happened at this mall so i'm not saying don't go um enter at your own risk they also do have an ice rink like an ice skating rink in the middle of the mall and and the New York, New Jersey Metropolitan uh, Women's Hockey League plays there. They're called the Metropolitan Riveters. 
That's um, cool. Yeah. And like, you can just straight up like watch the hockey game, like while you're shopping. It's the That's weirdest actually kind of world. They, they do that here too with like smaller league. They do games. it. Yeah. Like uh, tournaments and stuff will be like at the mall. Like though, kid like, the hockey game. games. Yeah. 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 Totally. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. yeah. So and it also has public skate. Sometimes some pretty impressive figure skaters. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. They do figure skating competitions. People just do, there yeah, there's like a button, yeah, and they'll be like in right. fancy figure skating outfits. And I'm like, all right, that was a triple soco if I've ever seen one. <laughs> I'm but, and I've seen a lot. Leather jacket. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my, that's my right. shtick on malls. I, used, I also used that to work great. in one. So. Hell yeah. yeah. More like an American nightmare, am I right? Legitimately, yeah. yeah. That's what I call it every time I drive past it. It's the American nightmare. American sleep yeah. paralysis demon. Has has everyone here worked in a mall at some point? Hmm? I no, have. I, I have. Wow. We all have. Oh yeah, for too long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> West, I, we've have we all worked at West End? I, we've worked at West End. No, I no, you haven't worked at West End. Oh, boo! <laughs> Sorry, yes, <laughs> loser. <laughs> uh, so okay, we have. Two old bees and one newbie. So <laughs> we're welcoming back our, our past guests, Bex and Andy. But Duck is here for the first time. Long time coming. Should have been on like years ago, but we got you. Uh, timing is great. And so we're going to ask you the question we ask all our new guests, which is what is your checkered past, your history with ska music, if you will? Uh, Actually, the band that we're doing today is like one of the first ska bands I heard. Um, I guess I I found out about ska through like comps and stuff and buying cassette tapes. You know, I, I'm kind of old, so there wasn't internet back then. So that's how I found out about it. And uh, I don't know. I started my first ska band in the mid 90s and haven't stopped playing since. Yeah. Hell yeah. What was your band in the 90s? Real Big oh, Fit? Oh, man. Uh, I'd rather not say. <laughs> <laughs> we were not good. It, we were called Tilting Wilma. We were not good. <laughs> it's not about being it fun. Good. It was fun, you know. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. Do you remember what the comps you were listening to when you were first uh, discovering? Like, where are what were those ones? Yeah, uh, I like the Asian Man Records comps. Like, um, Misfits. it was like Misfits of Ska one and two. Um, Jump Up had some really cool ska comps. Uh, um, the uh, American Scothic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's slipping my mind now, but Bucket had a record label. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, yeah, that was it. They had some awesome comps too. Yeah. So like those, I could get those like at the record store at the mall. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, the mall. Yeah. Wait, so is mall very ska? I feel like mall is more pop punk. The mall, the it's mall, not very ska. The mall is not very ska unless it you was go ska for about uh, six months in in nineteen ninety six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. Is there? There's got to be a ska video in the mall. A famous sure. ska mall video. There's got to be. Yeah, it yeah. has to be. People don't do enough music videos in the mall anymore. It's because they'd be depressing now. <laughs> well, they well, people aren't doing enough edibles in the mall. There you go. That's the real issue. Uh, and then, so uh, what was the trajectory to the formation of Joystick? Um, I toured. I went on my first tour in. 97 
and that was with a ska band. And so I I just had been touring a bunch of ska bands, and I, I moved to New Orleans, and I was like, well, I have to start a new band. So I just like called up people I didn't know. It ended up being like Clay and Mickey, and um, the guitar player and bass player Joystick, and I already had a bunch of songs written, so we just hit the ground running. Sick. That's nice. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and you have a Canadian connection uh, because your stuff came out on Stomp. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did that happen? Yeah. Stomp uh, famously does not really sign a lot of American bands. So or that's bands a- in general. <laughs> or bands in general. <laughs> <laughs> our uh, our drummer Dante, our old drummer, he uh, he tours with a bunch of bands, and he uh, TM'd for Less Than Jake for a while. And they would go up to Canada, and he met Mike and Matt from Stomp. And uh, we had just finished recording our third album. And uh, Dante was like, hey, check out my band. And they they loved it, and they wanted to put it out. So we were like nice. over the moon, you know? Yeah. That's rad. Over the moon yeah, stuff. are cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, we interviewed Matt in our first year. Uh, we were all very drunk. Uh, I don't know. Oh, if he, yeah. I don't know if he knew what he was getting in for. <laughs> I think he was having fun. He was having fun. Yeah. yeah. The the trombone player roped him into doing it, so I feel like that was not <laughs> his first choice. He was the only one who knew what was going on. I feel like. <laughs> um. So and then now we kind of like are fast forwarding uh, to to now, and the new EP is out. It's awesome. Uh, big fan. Listen to it like fifty times. Easy to do. It's nine minutes, <laughs> so <laughs> maybe one of my favorite things about it. Because <laughs> as I've talked about on this show multiple times, uh, I don't. I say things are too long a lot. Yeah. So yeah. when things are nice and short, I'm very very happy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so talk to us about the new record. I guess this will open up to everybody. Um, like what went into the recording, the songwriting. What's the vibe? What, what can everybody expect when they listen to it? I will say to it being short, it felt weird because after the single was out, which is like three minutes, we were just kind of sitting on like six minutes of music for <laughs> months. Wait and drop that. <laughs> um, we uh, this is the first album with Bex on it as the Barry Sax yeah, player. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. Yeah. We're pumped. Um, yeah, we we recorded a lot of these songs. Uh, we had never played them before, really. I think Duck showed them kind of roughly to Mickey and uh, Clay on an acoustic guitar. And they recorded a little phone memo, sent it to Kyle, our drummer. And then they all went and recorded their parts before ever playing them together. Is that right? Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Wow. Duck would uh, hum. Uh, I showed up to the studio to record my parts and it was very quick, but he would hum a horn part to me. And then I would immediately <laughs> go in the booth and try to play what he had just hummed to me. <laughs> and then would, uh, the producer would just be like, so how do you feel about that? Do you want to come listen to it? And I would have to pop in and out to get him to rehum it to me. And then I'd run back in and. Record. <laughs> so was- hey, it works. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. It, it worked out. Yeah. They stressed out over doing that. They recorded everything and then they sent everything to me and said, all right, well have fun. Um, so <laughs> it, I mean, it was, it was a blast. Um, it's definitely different than anything I've done before because typically in the past I've been like the first horn to record since the Barry typically, it doesn't always emulate the bass part or anything like that, but like it typically gives like the baseline gives a good starting point for me to work around and things like that. So 
Um, it was definitely really, really weird having uh, all of the horns recorded before I even got to it. So for me, it was just a matter of figuring out like, okay, what is the missing puzzle piece here? Where do I fit in and what can I add? So that was definitely like a good, uh, I, I don't want to call it like a test of creativity, but it definitely like made me, it tickled a part of my brain that hasn't been activated in a little bit. So um, tickle, tickle, tickle. Yeah, exactly. I had the brain cell that day. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but it was fun. Like I just, I tracked everything and I said, all right, let me know if you guys hate it. I'll redo it. Um, but, you know, these guys being these guys were like, no, it was great. And I was like, oh. Okay, good. Great. So, because I record everything at home too. So, um, actually in this room. So, Ooh, yeah. Um, so, I, I just took a couple hours to myself, knocked it out in an afternoon, and, and that was that. And here we are. Oh, yeah. now, it, now it exists. In physical it form, like even. That yeah. was like most of a year ago, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, actually, right after you guys had gotten off the summer tour. Because uh, my history with joystick that nobody asked for was uh, that I filled in. It was coming. <laughs> we want it. We it want coming. it. Hell yeah. All right. Foreshadowing. Um, yes. So Andy had asked me if I'd be down to learn the joystick set because uh, my old band was sharing a show with joystick when they were coming up through the Northeast. Um, I said, hell yeah, let's go. He sent me the charts and everything. So I learned all that. Um, I had asked Andy, like, hey, do you want more horn reinforcement for the whole week? Because the great thing about the Northeast U.S. is... All the cities are so concentrated that you could just drive between cities and you'll be in the next one within like an hour and a half, two hours. So um, I took the week off from my day job, followed the band around, got to hang out with them, basically became besties with all of them that week. And uh, yeah, when they came home from tour, Duck was like, do you have a way to record remotely? We we might be working on something. I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so, and uh the rest is history there. So Hell yeah. yeah. So being being on Dwell is super exciting for me. It's like super bittersweet too, because it's also the first time I have my music on vinyl. So like Ooh. when I got to hold it Clay's house a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh my God, it's real. That's huge. That's yeah. cool. I always oh, think yeah. it must be I always like empathize with you guys like just making something and have to like sit on it forever and not be able to share something you're excited like a whole about year. so long. Yeah. That would kill me. Like that's crazy. I like I'm such a blabbermouth. <laughs> you and I both it was God. really hard for me to like yeah. keep a secret because I'm just like yeah. I'm so excited, you know. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> just be sitting and sitting and sitting. But yeah, you can't just Put things out whenever you want. Good things come Especially to those when who wait. Finished. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then we won't give away the secret, but side B, because like you said, it's nine minutes of music on a 12-inch vinyl. Side B is something completely different, so people have to buy the vinyl to hear what that is. Oh! And we're all we're all joystick. Is it an episode of Checkered Past? (laughs) It is. There's with no effects on it. Just (laughs) it's just save Ferris, but slowed down. Point five speed. What they're really teaching your kids? Two strangers in the night who've never met each other before, starting a podcast. (laughs) Not brother and sister. There might be a subliminal message if you play it backwards at like two and a half speed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Jersey Mike's ad. 
Jersey Mike then. Eat that Jersey Mike. It's delicious. It was, it was Danny DeVito's birthday the other day, so that's uh take that for what it's worth with Jersey Mike's and <laughs> the spokesman of Jersey Mike's now. Is he the spokesman of Jersey Mike's? We don't have one of, yeah. One oh, of. You're, you're not missing anything. I've heard it. They're they're building one by my house. Just so are they? Is it, is it good? Is it subs? Yeah, subs. <laughs> they are sub it, sandwiches. They are. You have, a Mike, you have it Mike's way. Have it Mike's way. I've right? heard them review it on Doughboys. That's why I know. Yeah, that's the only yeah. from Doughboys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the best uh, thing about Jersey Mike's is Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that does carry a lot of weight. Did for he? Me. Does he bring up like sure. an egg in the <laughs> in these trying like, times? Yeah, can I interest you in an egg on your sub in these trying times? <laughs> we, did trash, uh, we trashed Jersey Mike's to Mike from Bad Time Records, and he was like, "Hey, I'm a Jersey Mike." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're oh. not wrong. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, oh, so, Duck, how about on your side? So it sounds like you hum all the horn lines. <laughs> yeah. That's your creative what else, process. What else goes into the songwriting and for this album or EP? Um, I mean, the songs, its they, they kind of just come to me in different ways. <clears throat> I'll either like come up with like a horn melody <clears throat> or a vocal melody and kind of write backwards from there. At least that's what we did on this one. On the uh, on our full length before this, it was uh, different because like Clay helped everybody helped write a little bit on that one, but this one was basically it was just all me except for of course everybody else. I, I see it as I write the skeletons of the songs, and everybody else makes them sound good. Skeletons, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Skeletons, I like, skeletons. Like, have to, like, you write the skeleton guy, and everyone else is the flesh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what was it? The Scott skeleton? That what was it? The T. What were you talking yeah, about? Was, yeah, what don't worry your about Scott it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Rob doesn't want to repeat. I don't want. I don't want to say it again. <laughs> it's already out in the universe. I don't know Jack Scallington or some shit. I don't. Know. Yeah, that there was it what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so you're the Jack Scallington. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right answer with the right emotion attached. <laughs> uh, so I, so we know how Duck and Bex got with, uh, into Joystick. Andy, how about yourself? Yeah. Were you there from the get or did you jump in later? I joined uh, for album three, I believe. Um, for the, I started uh, Flying Raccoon Suit in Mississippi and for the longest time, uh, us and Joystick were the only two bands uh, sort of in the region, like for a long number of years. Like now there's Bad Operation and a couple others in Louisiana, but we would open for Joystick a lot. And uh, there came a point where Joystick's trumpet and trombone player, I think were, it was college obligations or something, but mm -hmm. they didn't make a lot of gigs for like a year. And um, Dante, the drummer at the time, called me asking if any of the flying raccoon suit horns could fill in with joystick. Cause they were playing this festival in Atlanta, the mass sky raid and our, uh, our trombone player had just ghosted us at that point in yeah. FRS. But uh, yeah, he, we were playing a show actually in new Orleans opening for joystick. We were like, Hey, do you need a ride to the show tonight? And he said, no. And then that was the last we ever heard from him. For <laughs> That's crazy. 
That's crazy. But Dante didn't know I played the trombone, so when he called yeah. and asked for our trombone player. It's not a Tinder date. You're in a band. <laughs> <laughs> we saw him at a gas station years later, so we know he's alive. But. Yeah. Hey, man, what happened? You go, gotta go. The, yeah. He's still got the Bye. nozzle sticking out of the That's gas they ended up getting me and then the FRS trumpet player for that festival. And then I just kept showing up for the next year. And eventually duck and clay were like, all right, you're in the band now. And then eventually <laughs> the, the OG trumpet and trombone player became available again and started showing up. And then for a, a while there, we were rolling with like four horns. Um, that's yeah. actually pretty fun. <laughs> now we can just tag out. We've got five horns, so it's like a wrestling team. It's like, all right, me and Bex do this tour. You two do this. Who's the kick. heel? Who's the heel of the horns? <laughs> oh god, what is the heel? I forget. Yeah. That's the bad guy. The mm. Bad guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Vince, Vince McMahon would be the heel. It's Andrew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really hard to deal with. I'm the heel of the podcast, though. <laughs> That's good. You yeah. need that. Concept. Famously, you do. You do. You really do. <laughs> yeah. You do. That's what I said. Andrew can't be that much of a heel. It's just the like, person who goes like, eh, "Hate me." Eh, I'm gonna like <laughs> fuck with the hero. Eh, you know, yeah. that's the heel. Oh, that's definitely me. That's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was waiting for. I was like, pretty sure it's Bex, but it, it absolutely is. Yes. Um, we haven't seen our tenor sax player amongst these last two years. Maybe it's him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he it's was there. The guy that ghosted FRS. Yeah. <laughs> now we had all we had all five horns uh, for the last show of the year last year. Mm-hmm. So, last uh, December was the last time, and it was. Uh, yeah, nine people on stage, but that yeah. was the last time. Tiny, tiny stage. <laughs> yeah, the guys were like, wow. when I joined the band, they were like, you don't have to come down for the local shows, but I was like, okay, but what if I did? Uh- <laughs> and then, and then sometimes she's still, it'll be me and her on horns, even though she's from New Jersey. The other three local guys were just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all good. Like, yeah, when you got dad duties, like, it's, it's yeah. hard, you know, we get totally. it, but... You know, that's why we've taken to uh, calling Andrew and I the horn delegation, because <laughs> we always <laughs> just show up places. And we're like, all right, even when we're not playing a joystick set, we just still show up places. <laughs> so two of them are dads, and one is a really dedicated oyster shucker. He's oh, not, yeah. but I think he's just shucking oysters all the time when gigs are happening. He he came to Atlanta with us this year, and he had a book of oysters. He was just reading the entire time. And just I admire how into it. Okay. He was reading about oysters? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he straight up brought picture books that had oysters in them. Picture books? Not even like a book of information. It was so much information. He had like his like chain mail, like anti-cut proof glove with him, like in the case. Wow. I, mean, I, I, was like, I mean, I don't mean to laugh. It was just like one of those things where I was like, this guy's not real. You know, <laughs> but like, I also felt like... Uh, you know, it was definitely like a like a Forrest Gump and Bubba moment where like yeah. Bubba yeah. talking about all the all the shrimp, and here we have Garrett talking about all the oysters, and I'm like, oh my god! Every time our cover Kyle would be like, I'm bored. He would just pull out this picture book and be like, well, look at this variety of oyster they got up in Washington. What? Okay, if you guys ever Honestly, get in I a situation that. where you're like, hey Garrett, can you make this show? And he says no, you got just got to start saying ah shucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
How long were you waiting on getting that joke together? (laughs) I saw you trying to shove it. Yeah, his like hand was moving around. (laughs) I was like, "What's going on with Joey?" I was like, "Oh, he has a joke." (laughs) I got it. I got it in there. (laughs) Uh, So today we're going to talk about voodoo glow skulls. It was uh, so we haven't done it yet. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. What this is like doing here? Yeah. This Holds is up the koozie. The co- yeah, we got koozies. <laughs> yeah, we got koozies. We know, we're all Voodoo Glow Skulls fans. Uh, yes, like legit. Multiple times. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Legit fans. I feel like I've never, rem- I've always gotten very drunk. Yeah, hmm. it's a party. It's like a party. I like very rarely. I just kind of remember going like. (laughs) 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 We're swaying in a pit somewhere. (laughs) And so uh, when we were emailing, Duck, this was like your first choice. So uh, why choose Voodoo Glow Skulls and what did you mean to you? Also, thank you. Also, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're one of my favorite bands. They're um, it was them in Against All Authority back in the back when I was first getting into ska that were like doing like the heavier stuff, you know, the heavier ska stuff. And I, I remember the first time I heard uh heard uh Voodoo Glow Skulls was on a comp and I was just like, what is this? You, know, like, you can do this? Like it, it was <laughs> incredible, you know. Yeah, they're 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 awesome. They're one of my favorite bands. They're they're great. We're opening There's up for them in two months in New Orleans. Whoa. That's so cool. Right. That's rad. That's rad. I will say in the in the world of like ska core, it's a, like a very specific but also broad term because there are so many bands that kind of fit under that label that sounds so differently. But Joystick, I feel like, is a band that like runs in a similar vein to Voodoo Glow Skulls. Like the 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 kind of mix of punk and ska that's there is a Along the same lines, you know, it, it's not veering too much into metal or too much into hardcore. Like it's right. I don't know. You know it's pretty diagram. fucking like straight up punk rock. The first two albums. Yeah, that's mm. what I mean. Yeah. Like it's very much punk, punk like rock, punk, punk, and punk, and joystick yeah. is. I, I find yeah. the same thing when totally. I, like the punk parts are very very punk rock. Like yeah. yeah. And so, uh, Bexton and Andrew, what about yourselves? Do you have a history with the band? Um, I found out about them because I downloaded uh, Band Geek Mafia on LimeWire when I was oh, in high yeah. school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, right here. Represent. So I'm yeah. safely in my 30s is what that means. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, later, uh, from playing in Joystick, uh, we opened for them and maybe the Toasters was at that show um, mm-hmm. in New Orleans, Siberia. And that was, uh, I, that was my larger exposure to them and i got really into ferme i will say the only two albums i really know by them are ferme and the band geek mafia um the rest would be kind of a a learning experience for me (laughs) nice yeah i have a similar yeah i have a similar story when it comes to like downloading things on limewire and (laughs) having that kind of be like the intro um like i had some friends in middle school that were like really into uh, voodoo glue schools and a whole bunch of other um other bands that like they introduced me to like a whole you know that's how i discovered the casualties and the addicts and um tons of bands like that so i'm pretty sure voodoo glow schools was also that's how i also got into them 
But yeah, same thing, downloading stuff on LimeWire. I think I saw Ugly Stick and I was like, oh, what could this song be about? Um, <laughs> and I was just like, I was just so into it. But that Band Geek Mafia, like, I used to call my band friends and I the Band Geek Mafia. I was going to say, Kate, like, I was like, as, like, I'm, I don't want to, like, paint you with a, a brush. But like, would you consider yourselves band geeks, former band geeks? Oh, 150 At least Andrew and Bex for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, Bex did say he gave me the charts. So, yeah. You know. yeah. I was like, I feel like if I was like a true band geek, I'd feel very like radicalized and seen by the song. Radicalized. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, I, my question I've been thinking about was, did this song radicalize you as a band geek? <laughs> I definitely downloaded it based on the the name when I was like a nerdy fourteen year old. So and you're like, this is oh, what I'm doing is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a chance. Yeah, there's a chance. <laughs> All right, is it time? Time to enter the Dang. times, Goshin. Yeah, let's. Do Would it. you do ever it. hit a guy with glasses? <laughs> I always think about that. Yeah. All right, the time scoshing takes us back to 1988 to the badlands of the Inland Empire, Riverside, California. The core of the band was a family. Frank, Eddie, and Jorge Casillas, along with their longtime friend Jerry O'Neill, set up to forge a unique blend of hardcore punk with flecks of ska, bringing to mind what would happen if you combine minor threat with fishbone. They were all, quote, uh, I'm going to butcher this, pochos? Pochos? or second-generation Latinx, and set out to make a mark by singing bilingual, bringing their heritage with them. We're if French, it was in not French, Spanish. I know. We're French, not Spanish. What can we say? <laughs> I'm trying so hard. <laughs> yeah. um, with, with backyard live shows centered around a manic presence and a dark sense of humor, they wasted no time to hit the studio in 1989 to record their first EP, The Old of Tomorrow, which was a parody of The Youth of Today. Which was it's a um, good parody. Straight. I mean, I respect. This is the exact. It's this is good. how I write jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so about the band name, this is what Eddie said. We got the idea to name the band from a friend who had stopped by the house to watch us practice one day after a trip to Disneyland. He had bought a skull necklace from one of the gift shops at the theme park, and the name on the package said Voodoo Glow Skull. He suggested that it would be a cool name. We agreed, and then just added an S to the end, and there you have it. We thought it sounded kind of heavy metal and kind of punk rock. The name was weird enough to make people interested. It may surprise modern fans, but in the 80s, Voodoo Glow Skulls did not have a horn section. It wasn't until 1991 that the band adopted full-time touring horns to get even more into the fishbone slash skeleton influences. Rasta Misuevos, the next release, uh, dropped in 1992, featuring for the first time the freewheeling horns of Joe McNally on the trumpet and Joy Hernandez on the saxophone. They continuously issue numerous small releases over the next several years, including Dogpile, Were Coloring Fun, and Land of Misfit Toys, that were mostly released on local label Signal Sound System Records. At this time, they also set up their own independent record store, Cheap Guy Records, for the band finally hooked up with legendary indie label Doctor Strange for their first full length. But I would never drop the name of an important record label without an important segment. That's time for... Oh, do you even have it up, Joey? No, you said it was later. I meant later in the same <laughs> section. <laughs> Joey, We're getting there, this is so worry. important it's because so it's important. a thing. Is that it? That's right there. It's oh, coming. It's, it's coming. This, this is very go. cool. Okay, it's time Ready? for label. Shay's the bomb. Yes. 
That's it? Yeah. Okay, do it again. Label. Shay's the bomb. Okay, what's that from? <laughs> Goldfinger? Shay's the bomb. Mabel, she's the bomb. Mabel, she's the bomb. <laughs> label, she's the bomb. One more time. It's time for label. Shay's the bomb. That's what. Shay's the bomb. <laughs> it's great. Shay's the bomb. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Doctor Strange was formed by noted punk rocker Dr. Bill Strange, who earned his doctorate in waiting tables. He started the, quote, label by buying a bunch of records, T-shirts, patches, and what have you, and then selling them to his friends so he can have pizza and rent money. This transformed eventually into one of the OG mail order labels that went hard on this model for decades before shifting to a physical location in 1997 where it still stands today. The label helped launch the careers of Guttermouth and Face to Face, while also issuing legacy albums by Stylig 13, The Freeze, and Coxbar. Also, Voodoo Glow Skulls weren't the only ska band on the label. Underground hero Skank and Pickle ended their career there. The Doc still runs the store and web store to this very day, frequently hosts performances, and does live streams at the store. To put a cap on the story, Doctor Strange released the most recent Voodoo Glow Skulls album as well. That's cool. So that brings us to the first official full length. Here we go. Who is this is in 1994 that also added a cornet player. And the album was a raw mix of new and re-recorded material from the last six years, focusing on an unfettered mix of circusy ska rhythms, hardcore punk, and general mania. It was an underground hit and caught the eye of the one and only Epitaph Records and Brett Gerwitz. Doctor Strange wouldn't know it at the time, but by 2002, this would prove to be the label's best-selling record of all time. I can only find the re-release of it. Yeah, to yeah listen me too. To. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Because that's it has to do with like the picture on the art. Oh really? Oh yeah. They can't I didn't have... know, I didn't know if I would that was a flub. I could only find the like twenty twenty two version of yeah, the yeah. album. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like the well, the original album artwork had Krillin from Dragon Ball Z on it. Right. And doing uh, what? Just looking at forward. Looking forward. Well, was yeah. it? Oh, was it like a licensing yes, thing? Yes, hundred percent. I was now, like, I thought it was offensive. And then they no, no, they, they drew a mask <laughs> on it. It was more like a licensing thing. That yeah, makes yeah. more sense. So let's listen to the first track from that record, Insubordination. They're a little quiet. Yeah, Did that make quiet. you quiet? We can turn up the volume a little bit. There we go. There we go. They like a lot of notes. Fucking so vocals on this are just so like interesting on the listening journey because I'm like, okay, he like this is why I love punk. I love punk because I'm like, you don't have to actually know how to sing, and he'll just like kind of get near a note and just fucking riff it, and it doesn't really matter. And it still sounds cool. I genuinely like it, but he definitely gets better at singing and playing you notes know, later yeah. instead of just being a cool guy. But it's punk rock as hell. These first two albums are fucking wild. And then the third and fourth ones get, I don't want to say more restrained, but they get better at what they're doing, for sure. Mm -hmm. Punk as hell. Yeah, super angsty, super fun. So let's talk about it. Who is this is? Let's throw it over to let's start with Duck since you're at the bottom. What do you it's think about this record? Incredible. It's 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 actually one of my favorite albums of theirs. Like I can't remember who who said it, but like their first two albums are just fucking nuts, dude. I I, I just love it. I love it. I think it's some of their most like punk stuff. 
Hell yeah. yeah. And I mean, like it's punk, just, punk, like undeniably like punk rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Insubordination might be the the first uh, song of theirs I heard, or maybe um, <clears throat> Dogpile, one of those two. But uh, yeah, I, I remember I heard it, and and they like do that like um, I think it's like a Black Sabbath thing at, at the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and yeah. later too. Yeah. Actually, I noticed there's probably four or five quotes on this album because they they do a TSOL thing on one of the songs too. Mm. And they do another Black Sabbath quote later, and there was I caught another like a Black Flag thing or something. Yeah. yeah, like their taste in punk rock was very tasteful. Like they yeah. they yeah. really liked really like the kind of punk Legit, that they were good. looking at was like the really hardcore stuff. Yeah, like TSOL, Minor Threat. They really liked straight edge punk. Like that. I was feel a like a crusty could have walked into one of those shows and had a good, you know, totally. <laughs> I've seen them. Yeah, the crusties will show up. The crusties yeah, they, will show up. They'll show up for Voodoo Glow Skulls. I didn't I mean, know. They, I didn't know they had to change the album cover. Uh, I still got the cassette tape of the of the old one. I'm glad I kept that. Yeah, I think oh, I. Yeah. I think my CD version still has it too. Yeah. Does anyone nice. else have history with this album, Andrew and Bex? Um, I know Fermi way better, so that was actually yeah. my first time hearing that song. <laughs> hey, whatever, and. I do, I do like it though. It's um, it's undeniably them. They do this thing. I think Clay described it as a uh, chicken sounds endearingly, where it's just the guitar. <laughs> so, the guitar is going so fast, you can only describe it as baka baka baka. Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> also, on their earlier, like I noticed a little bit later, they start being a little more judicious with it. But on those first two records, it's like. Changing over to clean tone is too much time, man. We're just <laughs> staying distorted and playing fast. It's just skanking instead of regular strumming. Like it's Wait, fucking I love crazy. Distorted upbeats too, though. That's like yeah, it hits a certain way. Totally. Dude, the, the drums on on this album are freaking insane too. It's it's just so good. Everything. No, I think the weakest part actually is the is the Beatles song. I'm not a. I'm not yeah, a. No, I have it here. Right, here we go. Because it's very famous. <laughs> Beatles song. I don't like it. Yeah. It's so stupid. Why this one? Oh, this is very uh, notable. Very notable. It's like one of their most streamed songs. <sighs> really? Yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh, they do hear. Maybe it goes it's back. Police Navidad number one. No. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But they have this history of doing covers of like like 50s, 60s songs. Yeah. Like that's like where See, okay, this is a point I was gonna make, but you're bringing it up right now. There is a Billy crossover. There is a Billy crossover with Voodoo Glow Skulls. Yeah. So the 50s and 60s songs, that's the way in. But also, I was thinking about this in my drive to the mall. Billy's love the Spanish language. It's true. Bandanas. <laughs> bandanas is the thing. They, they love, like, love they love like rip off like Cholo and yep. like Chola and like Latinx like street style and culture. They like cars. Yeah, right. Like and car them. culture is car kind of like a Latinx culture crossover underground. Also barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to guess what the top five most streamed songs by Voodoo Glow Skulls is? Let's do like a mini version of what's the game I play? <laughs> top five, uh, whatever. Big five, big five, five. Big five. Is it Van Geek Mafia on there? It is not. Whoa! Oh. I'm going to go El Kukui. Yeah, number one oh. on the bullet. Okay, yeah. non-checkered past. Uh, shoot, shoot the moon. 
Shoot the Moon is number three. All right. Insubordination is uh, number two. Whoa, Bex? Revenge of the Nerds? Ooh. No, not Revenge of I the Nerds. I thought that would be on there. Oh, Think Puzzlerama compilation. Is Felice Navi Dot on there? Hey, let's go no. back! Bulletproof? Nope. Oh, it's the other one from the... Uh... No, Fat I Randy. I love, <laughs> I love that song. You know what? I have a really skinny friend named Randy, and often at karaoke, he sings songs with Randy, and there's he a shocking amount. No, I am fully do not tell him because I'm going to <laughs> sing it to him. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Next karaoke party at our house, I am singing Fat Randy to him. It is the delinquent, delinquent song. song. Yes, mm. that's right. Oh, that's but that, it's, that's interesting. What yeah, was, it was on the, the delinquent song? From, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There was a run. Yeah, uh, Punkorama 2, 3, and 4 all had like fucking banger Voodoo Glow Skulls tracks because that's where I've learned of them from. And I listened to those three songs over and over. Those were good, good comps. We didn't hear yeah. if Bex has history with this album. Um, so aside from the uh, the part I mentioned earlier with like downloading Ugly Stick off of LimeWire <laughs> and then discovering that it was on this album, that's when I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll listen to this yeah. whole thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Revenge of the Nerds, same thing with like the whole like Band Geek Mafia like identity, like because I was like, yeah. oh yeah, like my friends and I, like we're a bunch of angsty nerds, yeah, all right, yeah, oh, you know, so yeah, that's that's probably Hell about yeah. as far back as I go with with this one, but I am more familiar that's with far it. Back. so lyrics for Ugly Stick, hold up, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'd say probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was a little cringe while i was listening it was like oops yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the time yeah. there is something oh, yeah. about like two or three of the songs off of every album essentially just being like schoolyard chants there are no, big fishbones kind of or fun. just like big like i'm yeah. gonna fight some guy yeah. like die, you know yeah, i like totally. that though i don't get to like indulge in that very often so <laughs> yeah I will say, I bet you there's some fucking like asshole, like oi skinhead dude that's just like, I feel like fighting tonight and goes to the voodoo goals, goals and punches someone in the pit, you know? Oh, probably. Those pits are scary, man. Yeah. I will go in pits. many a pits, like yeah. when I shouldn't with yeah. giant shoes and I will fall. And I was thinking that I was like, this actually, I feel like I've gone in and been like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> Uh, actually, you know what? This is a good time to take a break. Okay. And when we get back, more Voodoo Goals calls. Welcome back to Checkered Past. We're here with Joystick. We're talking Voodoo Glow Skulls. And now we're heading past their debut into 1995. It should be noted that unless you count Rancid, Epitaph was not a ska-friendly label. You had to go to Hellcat to get that, and that would still be a few years away. Voodoo Glow Skulls were the lone exception. They proved to be so punk rock that even for a ska band, even the staunchest anti-Rudies had to give it up, and that paved the way for the <laughs> yeah, band's next level of success. That's legit. That is, the, I feel like that is what they got. People hmm. are like, okay, I don't like ska, but this is good. Yeah, like <laughs> they were in the early 90s, the yeah. only ska band on, on Epitaph, That's weird, which is weird to say. Um, they uh, At this time, they added Brody Johnson on the trombone, and it was time for 1995's Ferme, released in the ye- same year that Time Bomb came out, proved to be a smash hit featuring indelible fan favorites that persist to this day, produced by none other than Canada's own G-G-G-Garth, who at this point really? also... yeah. Wow. Garth Richardson. Okay. So I'm going to say this about um, 
with uh, Voodoo, I'm just a tangent, with Voodoo Glow Skulls albums, they're very much uh, a product of their producer. Um, in their first one, there was kind of like, they did it with one of their friends. This one, they're on a big label. Big label had a lot of money. This is 95. So Epitaph had that smash money. Right now. Yeah. yeah. And so they could buy Gugu Garth. <laughs> who, That's crazy. I didn't realize. Okay, yeah. Who at this point had just produced Rage Against the Machines debut, uh, the Melvin's Houdini, and an Ugly Kid Joe album. <laughs> Which one? Uh, the second one. <laughs> Sick. Um, he also was a producer for Red Hot Chili Peppers, or an engineer for Red Hot Chili Peppers. So big name. Pepperhead. Um, he's a pepperhead, the one of the first. Uh, so their home <laughs> on Epitaph had notable impact on their sound, showing their move to escape punk influence tracks and a gritty but accessible production that made them all but warp were ready. Let's talk about Fermé. Let's uh, play Shoot the Moon to start off. Shoot the moon. I think I think this album just has it under volume it's control. Just that, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> the guitar there is so fucking good. Chugga 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 so heavy chugga on this record. Chugga chugga chugga. <laughs> yeah. Less rocking and more chugga chugga. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> we love it. Okay. I was saying that all of my Max Mills Ice Pop has like armed me for like not thinking Voodoo Bowl skills is like too much, you know? Totally. <laughs> Even though I always loved it, especially this song. Bone adds a lot. Yeah, it really does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this song's so good. Oh, it's incredible. What a breakdown. And it's so, like, catchy and fancy, too. Yeah. On this album, when, like, the whole band locks into a riff, like, there's a lot of parts on songs where, like, the guitars are doing one thing and the horns are kind of all over the place, but there are parts where just everybody locks in on a groove or a riff, and it's so also, fucking Also, Shoot heavy. the Moon, like, sounds cool. This was a big LimeWire song. Yeah, yeah. So if this was on my iPod, like Zoom growing up, <laughs> I don't have iPod money, but uh, that means it was on LimeWire heavy. Definitely. Also, when they write, they don't do like uh, horn sections, like horn melody, then verse, then chorus. It's just the horns are always like million notes behind the vocals and stuff, and it works. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I And, uh, you know, Frank still is shouting. Yeah, still, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the indelible part. I think you said that, right? It's like, it's catchy, but the fact that it's just shout-alongs. Like yeah, but Jeff like, Rosenstock I just song. love, yeah. I just love a vocalist that like all they do is vocals and like they're not like a trained singer. They're just like mm-hmm. vibes and cool and bring something no one else can. Like, I love that. Anytime a band has that, I'm like in. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how he he is simultaneously not good and also <laughs> really good at the same time yeah especially this album i noticed him just like biffing notes and i was like but I, it's good i like it though yeah it's awesome oh wait it was it was like fully stuff because he's like from the bottom of my heart he's <laughs> like yes that's what i want don't hit the note don't hit the note yeah it's awesome dude. very human yeah <laughs> And, and the cover on this record, and I don't have it queued up, is the Charlie Brown cover. The, oh, the, the Charlie, the, which the, is fun. So fun. me. Which they play live. Every I was going to say it goes over so well. Live. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a performer. That's what he is. Well, last time we saw them too, it was F. Yeah, we saw them with so F. From, it was yeah. even wilder. Yeah. 
I haven't seen him with Efren yet. Oh, it's so good. It's a really big good. show. Big show. That old singer wasn't allowed in Canada, right? No, he left. He just left, he the, left band. the band. No, but they tried to come and because we had I had tickets and then, then it was like canceled because he couldn't go oh, to Canada. That was like oh. I think that was, it was years and years, was years, and, years and years ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I remember that. Yeah. We had tickets. Was, like, yeah. Canada. And then you couldn't come. Because I did see them at Warp Tour at one point. But yeah, they the, he's not allowed it. He wasn't allowed. Yeah, he wasn't no. allowed in. Frank. Wow. Frank. Yeah. Speaking well, of speaking Frank. of Fat Randy. <laughs> Great song. Oh yeah, this is a good song. Maybe my I'd be pissed if someone shit on my couch. One's <laughs> 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 one step too far. <laughs> I will say, like lyrically, they're uh, uh, they're just it's just you know head open thoughts out. <laughs> and these first couple of records, especially, I think they get they get more poignant over time. But yeah, no, they're just talking about dudes they know. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Yeah. It's great. It's relatable. You know, yeah. not the shit on my couch part. Though. <laughs> yeah, they run, they run with a different crowd than I run with. These two first albums really sound like a band that plays backyard shows all the time. Yeah. You know, like that seems like the culture they came from. <laughs> you can hear it in the lyrics. This is pretty hard. Yeah. Theatrical. It's theatrical. Yeah. I think that is what gets me. Yeah. There's a level of theater to yeah. it. That Randy. <laughs> he can perform lyrics. He may not always be able to sing. Bex, do you uh, are you digging this? I love this album too. I mean, like yeah. Charlie Brown again, LimeWire song, and I was like, oh, what the hell? Like, I I think that was like the first. That might have been like my intro of like hearing a ska band do a very good cover of like a silly song that like I just remember from my youth, where I was like oh cool this isn't weird this is actually kind of fun um <laughs> yeah that's that does it for me but like yeah same thing like it's just it's one of those things where especially after like the first album you are kind of like how do you top that and yet they manage they managed to do it this is probably the one that if and nobody had ever heard them before i probably would play firm a first yeah i would i think so yeah yeah this is probably the one I think this is like defines in many ways. This is all the elements of the band are right here. And like they play around with those elements more as you go along, like in different kind of combinations. But I think this is like the core sound right here. I, I also think it's all skip. It's all, it's all hits, no skips. Like it's like, Oh yeah. I was and, saying just, all yeah. of the albums I listened to, I could actually like listen through and I like mostly for the pod, I'd be skipping. I'd be skipping. I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, I get it, suburban are, rhythm. Yeah, yeah. The, song, <laughs> the songs are like two minutes. Like, yeah, I, I also, also got great. the time. I got yeah. the time for two minutes. Don't drag yeah. it out. Yeah, totally. Joystick gets it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Nine minutes. Yeah. Should we play like the definitive, the hit, the hit, the one that everyone knows? Hell yeah, it's fucking rips. What a fun <laughs> to do in a song. <laughs> The laughing thing. Yes. <laughs> it's also kind of hard to do it like yeah. as do it with hard like... and at the same time as him is actually like, pretty hard. Because he's using his diaphragm too. It's a yeah. hard huh. <laughs> this is yes. You fr- frown while listening to this song, I dare you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a great idea for a chorus too. 
He's just daring the crowd to sing along. But also, he's got the, the horns are doing the like. <laughs> like it's it's genius. Yeah. Can we sample that? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Do an interpolation like modern pop songs. Yeah. <laughs> But I think it's a flipper reference, right? The, the laughing in the song, right? I think that's a flipper reference. The dolphin? Yeah. A reference to the dolphin flipper. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the, that dolphin that played, like, hardcore punk in the early 80s. Yeah. That dolphin. <laughs> Do any of y'all uh, ever listen to the Spanish version of that album? Oh, yeah. I have. Yeah. I listen I to it a lot, it. actually. Hell yeah. yeah. It goes hard. I wish I would have this. I time. also think that's badass as hell, like from like the time that they were to be as big as they were and have so much like Spanish language music is like because that's so big now. Mm-hmm. But like that's really fucking cool. And that was not common back then. No, I think Maybe. like rock on Espanol as a genre didn't even exist uh until the late nineties. Like it was expected to be bilingual, which was kind of yeah, that's the timing that we, that was in right now. I grew up in um, I grew up in Texas, and uh, we would play with them in the back in the nineties. And like they would like a lot of the uh, like half the crowd there would be Spanish speaking people, and they would go hey, like it was just well, yeah, uh, they must yeah, be pumped. Was doing it really, or at least no, nope, yeah. Texas. Especially to see yourself like represented in like a punk rock mm-hmm. scene too, right? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like so important. It's like so cool that they were like doing it back then and like proudly and like weren't pandering at all. No. And also, they were just super badass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that helps. Yeah, it helps. <laughs> it helps. Helps that they weren't lame, <laughs> that they were cool. Uh so the uh from from here, Voodoo Glow Skulls got featured on Punkorama, Give Him the Boot, and then famously the movie Biodome. What By song no means- was on Biodome? Uh, which I one hate Polly Shore, so I'm not gonna. Okay, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. They were also on a. Uh, they were also on a Taco Bell commercial. I nice. remember really Taco Bell commercial. Yeah, that's funny. No, Shoot the Moon is in Biodome. It'd be cute if it was like the lead singer, like just kissing the little Chihuahua. He's like, <laughs> you're an El Cucu. Yo quiero, yo quiero voodoo glow skulls. Yeah, Taco Bell. Yeah. That sounds good, actually. Yeah. I'm not opposed to that. What a good combo. Um, so, in and here we have it. In 1996, they followed true on their bilingual promise and reissued Ferme completely in Spanish. The upward momentum only helped them into the Summer of Ska, and Epitaph was all but eager to have them back on the label to capitalize. 1997 saw the release of Vile de los Locos, which is Dance of the Fools, that even though featured the same lineup... Uh, and had production by the Trout of Fury of the Aquabats fame, showed a move to more intense songwriting focusing on straight-up hardcore, attacked by bees' horn lines, and wall-of-sound metal guitars. Attacked by bees' horn lines. Someone once referred to Voodoo, Skull, <laughs> Voodoo Glow Skulls as being attacked by killer bees. And like, I love that makes it. sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like, you know, Blue Meanies, same idea, right? Yep. Just lots of notes going. Um, it was another underground hit and is one of the seminal records of the year because of all the touring and their meteoric success. They were away from their Riverside home and so had to close down their storefront. So let's talk about this record and play. Yeah, let's play that one to start with. It's so much heavier. 
Yeah. This record's so heavy. It's like super metal. In the mix is a lot easier to hear all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's cleaner. Yeah. Fucking drums, though. Holy smokes. <laughs> Drummers. They sure know how to play fast. <laughs> and they, I don't know if it's a production thing or if it's the drummer themselves, but that snare sound is so just VGS. Like, it has the same snare sound on all the records, and it's so high and tight. Joey Great. loves a snare. Yeah. I also feel like I've never listened to a band like so much and like didn't know what they were saying. Like I've just heard certain and like and then just the spot it's so easy to just look at the lyrics now. But like back in the day and then it's like, oh that's what they're saying, but it's like I've heard the song ten thousand times. There was some mystery lyrics in Band Geek Mafia for me. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh so let's talk about this record. So over over to Joystick. Duck, let's start with you. How do you feel about this one? Um I like it. It's probably it's probably on the lower end of albums of theirs I like, mm-hmm. but it's got a couple bangers on it, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, just compared to like the, those first two albums, I think personally for me it was like a, a small step down. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Andy Bex, how about you? What do you think? Bex, what you got? I was going to say, this is the one I am the least familiar with, so I yep. don't have a whole lot to add besides, yup, no. it sounds like Voodoo Glow Skulls. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I, I know the Band Geek Mafia and Ferme better, but it's, I mean, like you said, the Attack by Bees, Horn Lines, and still <laughs> the, the impossibly fast upbeats and everything, and the drums, like Joey was saying, you couldn't even, those weren't sampled back at that time, so that's, that's all raw, so that's good. Yeah, right. But, I don't know the full album enough to rank it somewhere on the discography. This is like the rancid 2000 of Voodoo Glow Skulls uh, discography, where it's like the the most crustiest of punk fans. This is their record. Do is, are some people like this is my number oh, one? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. was like, I know whatever it's, but the there's a song that I see that's cute that I was just like, oh yeah, fucking the crusties are just. I just please not be done. <laughs> and that's the one I'm fucking talking about. Uh, yeah, let's play. Uh, let's play the next one. Let's do this one. Is this one you're talking about, or no? No, oh, next, yeah. one. next one. I think this song was on one of the uh, the Punkorama comps, right? Uh, I don't think this was a Punkorama one, but it might have been on one of the other comps for sure. Hopelessly devoted. I'm, I'm more familiar with the the Rue version. Yeah, I remember that song. Yeah. I was there. It's hard as fuck. And it has a little uh, audio clip from Dolomite, so that's pretty that's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> you ever watch Black Dynamite? Yes. That movie is so good. Black Dynamite's incredible. God, I just love his vocals. I just love him. I just want to be a big fucking fall guy, you know? <laughs> a Latin, just a big fucking Latinx fall guy yelling about shit. I just want a big wide bandana yeah. really low on my forehead. <laughs> yeah. Some rectangular shades. Just and just be, Wouldn't it be cool? Like Mike Muir. Wouldn't it be cool? Yeah. yeah like... It would be cool. 
<laughs> he seems to be angry all the time. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if I want to trade in being really cool for being super angry. Uh, Love that it invokes that specific emotion, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> where it takes me. Uh, let's listen to the other song I have from this record, which is Stupid Fast. So this is the song that I was just picturing people like yelling and do they play this live? Yeah. yeah. Probably not as fast. It's nuts. Like the horns don't even make sense. <laughs> yeah, how do you like, play notes? How do you that sing fast? to this? It gets so many words out. I don't care any big guy. He has so many words inside yeah, of him he and he's more words like spit him over really fast. I feel like there's more slow dancing parts on this album than the previous couple. Yep, I get that too. For all the, we're going to play way faster, way heavier, we're also going to have more dancing parts. Yeah. It's kind of fun. But the part where it's like, they can't find shit, you know? <laughs> that's fun. Jesus Christ, that's oh, fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a sweet song. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that it song a lot. So, so very fast. It's so, so very, very fast. fast. <laughs> it's not as like hooky as the other albums no. that we listen to today. There's no. not as many like hooks. Especially when we get into the next one. Um, but first, before we talk about the next album, in 1997, a rather famous event occurred. It should be noted that this event is all from third party uh, accounts. Oh, yeah, you and, mentioned this earlier. And the other band that was involved. Uh, has been very vocal about this. So this is a urban legend surrounding the Voodoo Glow Skulls. And so here's how the story goes. I'm happy to be corrected by anybody. And if the Voodoo Glow Skulls want to tell me their side of the story, I would love to hear it too. Uh, but this is what's on the internet. Okay, so there's a band called Hickey. Uh, and they were right. from San Francisco. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and they played with Voodoo Glow Skulls. And they opened for them at some show. And Voodoo Glow Skulls was an epitaph band and had epitaph money, came in on a tour bus and had a rider that said, like, they want to meet Trey or something at the show. Uh, so Hickey thought that was not punk rock of them at all and got on stage and proceeded to lambast them and epitaph and just made a whole scene of themselves for about five to ten minutes, depending on who you talk to. Um, Voodoo Glow Skulls were pissed. And wanted to kick the band out, uh, which the promoter in the club said, okay, we'll do that. But on their way out of the show, Hickey stole their trumpet okay. uh, before they even went on stage. And right. so they received numerous uh, answering machine messages, because that's the time this was happening, uh, from the trumpet player, uh, Joe, who made a bunch of snide and somewhat homophobic remarks and some other horrible things about how he's going to go beat his ass and stuff hickey did not return the trumpet right away it should be noted they kept it mm -hmm. so what they decided to do was issue a split quote-unquote split record where on side one it's a hickey song and on side two it's those answering machine messages uh played over with the uh band the hickey band trying to play trumpet over top of it like playing oh. it like, Playing poorly. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Yeah. And 
So they put it out and they put the, this, the shade. this so shady. And the, the split also has like the epitaph label on the back. Like oh they went God. out of their way to make it I love it the pettiness. I actually have to respect the pettiness. They, they put in like a 24 Bitch, page. don't shit on my meat tray. I've worked hard for this shit to get a meat tray. Yeah. Uh, the the split has like this huge book booklet inside, like a zine of them explaining the whole story. Jesus. Wow. wow. Um, before social media, before that's what you have media. to do. Yeah, and so uh, Epitaph God. and Voodoo Glow Skulls and a bunch of other people were aggressively writing letters and message and and sending more voicemail or answering machine that's messages. That's a little bunch. To be like, give us the trumpet back, <laughs> like. Like, we want that trumpet. It's our trumpet. And so they did return the trumpet, uh, but they had it full of chocolate pudding. Yeah, you'd have to do yeah. something. Wow. You can't just give that trumpet back. Supposedly, they also believe that it was peed in as well. But It like, had to be. It has to be. Like they were seat. asking to have that peed in. <laughs> I will. I respect the pettiness, but you cannot expect that trumpet to come back to you clean <laughs> and in one piece and not so, peed in. So that's the story. It's, a that's again, fun. a bit of an urban legend where Voodoo Glow Skulls got into uh, an altercation with another band. Who were, yeah, extremely petty. <laughs> I mean, that's a creative beef. <laughs> like, that's way Was more... that a meat tray joke? Uh, <laughs> it is what? now. Should have been. <laughs> I've never had... Yeah, yeah. I just... If I had a meat tray that just had like raw beef or like 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 grain beef, beef on it, I'd be I'd be very upset about corned it. beef. <laughs> I'm talking prosciutto. Yeah, that's not beef. Mortadella. Yeah, that's not beef either. But that's what I want on my okay. meat tray. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. what I'm saying. Pork. Not not a beef heavy thing generally no. speaking. Uh, I'm sure sorry, if it's I, an urban legend, uh, like part of that's probably true, right? I'm sure most, I'm sure there's a lot of parts of it true. When I was combing through the internet, I just couldn't believe the story. I was like, oh, this is excellent. I like it anyways. I need to hear more about it. And then you hear from the people who were there. One guy said that the Hickey rant was like their entire set. Wow. Like, and he said they, he's like, no, they deserve to get kicked out. They were acting like assholes. Like, it was pretty bad. Um, and some other person's like, a meat tray is where, like, you think Voodoo Glow Skulls asking for a meat tray is, like, the, the end line. of punk rock? Like, that has <laughs> got to be, like, the, yeah, considering what happened next. This was, like, post-Green Day, Dookie. Post-Green Day, <laughs> post-Smash, pre-Simple Plan, pre-Dashboard Confessional. So, right. I don't even want to know what that guy thought about punk rock after. Sounds like they uh, would love Twitter discourse. <laughs> it's not what it used to be back in my day <laughs> back in my day women actually stage. say they don't mm. want to play punk shows they actually like that it's all men oh yeah, yeah. I that. That, was, uh, that, was that, that was for that vegas show yeah, yeah some, the one we were young fest there's like a lot of women like that and that's what it was back then and lots of women punks are actually like they actually prefer that it's like all men they the, like the, the when we were men who wrote misogynistic <laughs> songs fest yeah. when we were allowed to get away with it fest am i right yeah, yeah. i like woodstock 99 the vibe was great second ultimate almost immediately did the band tour and hit the studio again to follow up two smash hit lps with another one for epitaph this time dragging ska hitmaker john avila of oingo boingo and the same guy that produced the first two real big fish records 
to work his magic on the boards. Lineup stayed the same again. But once again, the sound shifted from previous albums, focusing on more conventional pop structures, restrained horn arrangements while still maintaining the band's eccentricity. It was another hit in spite of the decline of ska, but Voodoo Glow Skulls proved that they were above and maybe even beyond conventional genre conventions as they continue to carve their own path into the new millennium. That'll be the end of the time, Skushing, but let's talk about the band Geek Mafia with that song. This changed me as a person. Uh, it was the <laughs> first song I ever learned to play on the, the guitar. That's cool. That's yeah. Cool. It was fun because it was like sliding around. Yeah, this is an around. undeniable jam. This I feel in like DNA, this song. I listened to it so much as like a, a preteen. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. Also, I, this song and a couple other songs, I think he is the. I like his. Because he doesn't go hat hat. He goes. Hey, hey, hey. He's the king of it. He's the king of the hat hat. It's the, the best in the game at it. He only used the first two letters. No! <laughs> yeah. Whole band on that riff. It's so, it's so good. I love it. All right, let's talk about the band Geek Mafia. Uh, Bex, let's let's hear from you first. You have passion. Yeah, I mean, this is passion. like <laughs> I mean, like the horn lines in this song or in this whole album will just like live rent free in my head for as long as I like have a working functioning brain. Um, <laughs> like all of I mean all of the hooks are just like just catchy like they just suck you right in and even like in the slower songs too so like Left for Dead um, I yeah. hear a lot on Sirius XM satellite radio and like even then like that's just a horn line that like even if I'm just like jamming to the beat of my own drum just like minding my own business it's like I'll find that horn line in my head for some reason. I'm like, why? How did you end up here? Yeah. Which I think is such a testament to like that whole album too. Cause even like, yeah, I mean, Band Geek Mafia, obviously, but like, yeah, ugh, just so good. It so is. The, so the horns being so catchy on this record, like John Avila, I guess was very like involved <sighs> in helping write the horn lines this time around. So it's probably, they don't want to count him up to, you know, but he was making hit ska records at this point too. And so he really had a good ear for like really catchy horn lines. And I think he really helped drive that sound on this one. And on top of that, like even with his influence and like how instrumental he was in making that happen, like it's still so voodoo glow skulls, you know, like I don't think they lost any of their authenticity or any of their touch with it. Like it just kept, it just kept freaking going. Yeah. It never moves into the realm of mozzarella. Yeah. No, never. No mozzarella core here. It stays a, a fine, a fine uh, cotilla cheese and a, a good, good. It took that. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is as poppy as they get. Like, and it's not that poppy at all. Yeah, like, definitely. <laughs> I, I think is, that kind of makes it like uh, their most accessible album for sure. Like, that, if I yeah. was showing someone that has never heard VGS before, I'd probably show them this album. Mm. See, that's my that would be my go to. And I guess well. so because it was it was my entry point as well. This is where it started for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Andrew, this album? 
Oh, same. I mean, this is, uh, I guess, uh, me and Rob have the same uh, entry point, but yeah, this was, uh, always going to be like nostalgia bait for me. Cause it was the first one I heard and probably the song of theirs I've listened to the most, but yeah, as a, as a horn player, the parts are all super tight. It is more pop writing kind of, cause they do some more conventional things like the verses the vocals and horns trading sort of stuff like that, but it still sounds like voodoo. So yeah, great first song to show people. I agree. Yeah. And the songs are a little bit longer. This is like, you know, three minutes jams now. Yeah. Uh, their cover choice is bananas. Uh, Stranded in the Jungle. It's again, another like old, like 50s I, song. That song's so, so they're, big, I love, I've never heard the original. Fun. I don't care, yeah. but I'm like, I love going on. The, I like going back to the jungle. And I like going back <laughs> to the States and I like going back to the jungles again. <laughs> and I love the like the jungle part. The <laughs> like you have to just kind of like do a little groove. Meanwhile, back in the States. You know? <laughs> the, sax, the sax on this album is just fucking sick it's so good i, I feel like it's it's like i wouldn't I'm, I'm i'm cautious to say peak voodoo glow skulls but i mean it's very good it's very good it's pretty peak yeah it's pretty peak it has a lot of my favorite songs because yeah the stupid jungle song is one of my that's i go back to that song like on my own time and you cannot d- deny Bank Geek Mafia. It almost, yeah, it, p- it pays for itself. It's mm-hmm. such a great song. Like, yeah. And, what, and what is ska, a, a ska anthem, a ska kid and ska band anthem, I think. That too, yeah. Um, I think the lyrics are a little bit more uh, poignant, I'd even say. This is like them trying to kind of like bring themselves down i think a little bit to like the average person there's a lot more like you know it's not less about like the the dipshits that they know in their life it's more about like <laughs> trying to like every man's stories like more so and i thought that uh, yeah. also makes a little bit more like it adds to the accessibility like you can actually hear yourself in the songs right totally speaking of which we should play the delinquent song i'm a delinquent Just i heard myself fucking in this one. Yeah. yeah all my like anti-ska punk friends this was like the only one they liked I feel like it's barely ska though <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like where where it at that horn part Jeez, oh, my. Oh, good. very unconventional sounding melody yeah Unconventional two melodies. Because yeah. it's got that doop but it's also got like a slower melody going on. They really talk about uh, the bass a lot and not like the Buddha Bull Skull sound. It's wild too. Yeah, it's, it's also staccato y crazy. Very staccato. Yeah. Not a lot of walks. No. He doesn't take that bass for a walk. He takes that that bass for like a, like Mario jumps. <laughs> also, the, the tone, the tone on the guitar—I can't, I can't think of another band that sounds like that. It's, it's like very beautiful. The, the whole band has a very distinct sound that I don't hear many other bands pulling from, like sonically, like mm-hmm. like you're saying, like the guitar tone, that drum, like that snare drum is really that. Voodoo Glow Skulls are the only band that has a snare drum that sounds like that. The bass tone is like it's all very specific to the band it's fucking rad and i think like I, i'd mentioned them before but uh i'm trying to remember when the skeletons were around but they were like such a huge 
influence on their sound as well. I know that was like around when they, they added their horn section as a means to kind of lockstep with the Skeletones, uh, which is a band that doesn't get really brought up a lot, but I know they get dropped in, uh, they get name dropped in the Voodoo Glow Skull song, Didi Don't Like Ska. Uh, they're like the biggest champions of that band. I think that's like, I should put a, put a pin on that because I think the Skeletones is like a band we should do on this pod at one point. That'd be fun. Yeah. So, any last-minute thoughts of Voodoo Glow Skulls? This is the 90s era. That's what this episode was all about. This, uh, I, the first time I ever saw them live, we we opened for them when this, uh, when this album came out. And it was the first time that I realized there was two, Frank and uh, Jorge were singing. I always thought it was just one guy the whole time. because the I thought it was. So similar, you know. There's two, there's two vocalists going on? Yeah, the guitar player sings too. That's cool. Yeah. I genuinely didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you see them, it's used, it's just F singing the songs now. Yeah. Live, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Um, I don't know. That's all I got. Do you want to play a game? Who wants to play a game? I'm into a game. Let's do it. Got a big crew. I'm gonna. I'm going to apologize for this game. So I have a disclaimer. I don't have a song. I don't have a song. Uh-oh. I don't have a song. I have a disclaimer. They're instead already of- the worst. This was a game that was suggested by somebody on our Discord. Okay. And he said, Selin and Rob are going to hate it. (laughs) Okay, here's the disclaimer. You'll see. The the following game is rated PG-13, possibly R, possibly even X. This game (laughs) is like the Fritz the Cat of Checkered Past games. It features many gratuitous mentions of male genitalia and sometimes graphic or humorous fashion or in a double entendre. Checkered Pass takes no liability from any sensitive demeanors and recommends being near a fainting couch, having a hand (laughs) fan nearby, and practicing saying things like, well, I never, or think of the children. Well, I never. It should be noted that this was entirely... Robert Bull of Checkered Pass okay. or Checkerhead Patreon's idea, and you should take any bile and vitriol up with him for five dollars a month. Did he write from this? the desk of Checkered Pass to Scottcast, dictated but not read? No, I wrote it. Of course, I wrote that. Okay, this game is called. This game is definitely my, my Robert Bull's idea. My pearls are being clutched. In this game, everyone will be given clues to ascertain the identity of a band that, in some fashion, is a double entendre for male anatomy or male <laughs> masturbation or anything of the sort. Boo, the, clues will, boo. the clues will begin difficult and get progressively easier. They are not necessarily or at all ska, I should say. <laughs> when you have a guest buzz in with your name or ska or buzz or whatever, if you get it right, you get a point. Are we cool. good? Any questions? Point like the tip of I'm a very, penis? Yeah, very good. I get it. All right. Oh, okay. I didn't feel good writing these. You didn't have to do this. It was a good idea. It's not. It's not like it's a bad idea. And I've done gun to your head. I've done dumber stuff on this podcast. Like I'll be honest. Okay, this first one is an innuendo for semen from the days of flannel and being sad. Oh, oh, that's the that's the guess. That's the that's hit. That's the clue. The clues get progressively. Okay, try right? one more time. An innuendo for semen from the days of flannel and being sad. So it's a grunge band. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Joey. 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 
Are you playing? Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll let I'll let it slide. <laughs> Pearl Jam. It's Pearl Jam, yeah. Ew, really? Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Superstars that lasted much longer than 10 years. Eddie Vedder would really prefer that you didn't call him daughter. Okay. <laughs> that was a call good joke. Me daughter. <laughs> you that's that. Yeah. I was gonna say Allison Chains. Think of that every <laughs> time you hear that, like, oh where where every time you hear that on the radio, be like, that's a jizz band. All right, this next one. An innuendo for a penis from the days of hating disco and the queen. Sex pistols? Who guessed that? Oh, that was Doc. Yes. Nice. The original punk or the original sellout depends on who you ask. There was no anarchy in the UK, but at least one of them is now a right wing nut. <laughs> at least, at least, at least. Uh, R.I.P. Like Johnny Run. Um. Okay, this here's another one. An innuendo for a male group sex act from the days of backward hats and being angry. Circle jerks. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a bait and switch. <laughs> sodomy, sodomy sounds like 90s sodomy band. Who said oh, Limp Biscuit? Oh, is Who it really? again. <laughs> yes, it, you can Google it. I'm not saying. I was going to say yeah. Limp Biscuit, but I didn't disgusting. think it. But I guess yeah, it's disgusting. Li- that it means something. Yeah, it's a it's a group sex act. It's, it's gross. A, no. okay. Google it. I don't. I don't like Go ahead. it. Google it. Go Google ahead. It. I don't want. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, the lead singer has lately looked like a dad and a cowboy. <laughs> Did you see the video of him with a cowboy? cowboy. I'm a Durst apologist. That's so. (laughs) His silence on Woodstock '99 is deafening. I got. I got us. Yeah, whatever that guy is up to is. (laughs) It's all his fault. My favorite is when like it was only in one of the documentaries because there's two, and yeah, because there was this one time they like break this big fucking wood plank off some shit, and people are like surfing on it, and like Fred Durst looks out in the audience and he's like. That's like I can't remember what he says, but he's basically like, "That's really fucking cool, man!" Like it's just like, yeah, that's like really cool. It's like not. I he love that the reason why riot, right? It's all his fault. It's all the break he stuff. Told them the break stuff. They broke stuff, and they like reminded them that they hate their moms. <laughs> I love that the cowboy, the thing where he's dressing up like a cowboy, was also that he could say. Were the cowboys of metal? Like, Is that why he did? Yeah, that? that's really funny. That's <laughs> like funny. he dressed it up just so that he could do a bit on stage. Like, and he stayed as a cowboy the whole set. Was it? Wasn't uh, West Borland kind of like a dark mariachi guy or something for oh, that set? It was fun. a cool costume. It, it was so, what a what a band. <laughs> They've really gone over the hill. Like <laughs> in a different phase of their career, definitely. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. An innuendo for a penis from the days of spandex and teased hair. The 80s band? Yeah, it's definitely like a hair metal band. band. Kiss. There's got to be a lot of them. They're from the 70s. And they're not hair metal. (laughs) 80s. 80s. Led Zeppelin. Might be the first one. We need a second. All right, second second one. David Coverdale put the band together to make it a solo band, but eventually they found love in the heart of the city. Love in the heart of the city. Yeah. Here they go again on their own. Yes, and with Steve Vai. I don't. I don't, I don't know who sings. Snake? Snake? White White snake. Snake. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That's White awful. Snake. Oh. That's awful. Uh, White snake. White snake. 
I hate oh, that. Was a, like a nocturnal snake. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a cool albino snake or something. Yeah. Not like dude's like dick. a night snake. He's only out at night. <laughs> night snake would be a way better bad name to be awesome. <laughs> night white snake. All right, here's another one. An innuendo for male masturbation from the days of long warp tours and skate parks. Is that Circle Jerks? Nope. No. Oh, because that would have been 80s before warp tours. You're right. Okay, one more time. What did you say? An innuendo for male masturbation from the days of long warp tours and skate parks. Clink 182. No, but they've done jokes like that. (laughs) I mean, all of their album titles, basically. Screeching Weasel. Oh. oh, that's a good one. That's oh, that funny. Is a good one. I don't know if it is, but that would make sense. <laughs> I don't. Like I don't know. It. If that's all. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna be using that as an English yeah. from now Okay, on. let's say warp tour. Okay. Okay. Here's a weird fact: the band Fastway was a supergroup of Fast Eddie from Motorhead and Pete Way of UFO doing metal in the '80s with this band singer as their lead singer. Okay, I don't fucking know. That yeah. means nothing. What? I know that's just that a weird deep cut. It's a weird deep cut. Yeah, that doesn't help anyone. Okay, the last clue will this last clue will do it. What's left of the flag? This band's drunken lullabies. Oh, Slim. Flogging Molly. Who's flogging Molly? I meant to say. I had no idea. Flogging Molly. I know all these were innuendo. I thought flogging was That's It's hidden. Like a flog. Beating is a. Male masturbation <laughs> reference. Don't look at me when you say that. I wasn't. I was specifically looking away from you. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. An innuendo for a part. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. An innuendo for a condom from the days of being aggro and Clinton's saxophone. <laughs> what? Being aggro and Clinton's saxophone. Early nineties. Reservoir dogs. Reservoir dogs. Oh God! Actually, this band were a bunch of unsung milk toasts until Nirvana blew up, and then offers came in right away. Unsung milk toast. <laughs> what is your deal when you write? So it's, a, it's a grunge band. Mm. Uh, mid nineties, early mid nineties. Yeah, mid nineties. Alice and James. Okay, their name is actually a mishearing of the German word Helmut, but I like the urban legend better. Oh, helmet. Helmet. Yeah, helmet. Yeah. Helmet. The helmet. They're still riffing these days. They just put a, a how does helmet? That's a that is a euphemism for a condom. A helmet. Oh, yeah. I yeah. guess is it? Yes. It's also a helmet. Yes. It's also you know. <laughs> I know that's, that's part of it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, these next two are fun. I promise. <laughs> okay, here's the next one: an innuendo for semen from the days of album-oriented rock and yachts. Oh. You are in Yacht Rock. David Cox. Wilcox. Wilcox. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Wilco. I'm in uh, 90s, I uh, yeah, this is more 70s. He says, oh, a Yacht Rock band. Yeah. Okay, well, what's the... Okay, how dare you? The original soundtrack was not even about a movie. <laughs> what? Breakfast at Tiffany's? <laughs> Ooh, Super Tramp? D- oh, Deep that's pretty something. close. Uh... Okay, the last the last clue. Uh, they declared, "I'm not in love," but that was before the rubber bullets put them on a dreadlock holiday. Oh, uh, ten cc, ten cc. I because have never why? heard of this. Because that's the amount of semen ejaculated. Correct. Really, ten cc. Yes, that's how you. 
What yeah. band? Yeah. What songs do they sing? The ones I, I was don't just... like reggae. Do do do. I love it. That song. I do, I've never heard that. Those are yeah. Those were all. <laughs> it's all the songs. Holiday. It's just about going to Jamaica for your holiday. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I Literally. Like it. But white people going to Jamaica. It was absolutely a white English band went to Jamaica for a holiday and came back and wrote a reggae song. But they didn't Jamaica mistake him. No, why do yacht? Did. Why do white? Kind of, oh, I think, that's yeah. I actually I know the I answer. White yacht rock dudes for himself. sure like Jamaica because it has the like Margaritaville lifestyle. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, I got, I got one more, and then I'll put this one to bed. Um, I'm sorry. An innuendo for erect penises from the days of ringtone rap and Canada. Drake. <laughs> Drake was post ringtone rap. I'll be honest. <laughs> penises. Is that what you said? Okay, what? Okay, the next clue. Do the names Mad Child and Prevail oh, mean Oh, Swollen. Yes. Swollen members. Yes. Oh. For sure. Swollen. Oh. Did Swollen members make it to the States? <laughs> Never heard of them. What's their no, I don't think nope. so. It they was are the, I don't think they, they are the biggest game. selling Canadian rap group ever, except for Drake. Really? They yes. were big, Gigantic. but I feel like they were like Gigantic really big in, in Canada. Canada. Yes. They were yeah. they were uh specifically like like skate video style rap. What was their that, that was what, like what was rap. their big yeah. song? Yeah. What was their big song? Lady Venom. Uh, what but how Lady did it go? Venom and then uh, they were how how injected. Give me a bar. Fuel injected, uh I, they don't have any title. They don't have. They don't all have I know is the well, they had a song with Nelly Furtado, and all I can think oh, of. Oh yeah, that I'm one. Alive, I could feel the blood rushing through my veins, and that's all I need to know. Cause I'm not looking for a change. And they'd always be featuring me, Mocha Only, but Mocha Only was never a member he, he of Swollen Members. He joined the band oh. for a bit, and then they booted him again. And then the band was pretty much. And then Mad Child had a really bad time with methamphetamines, and yes. now he's like clean and back at rapping. Yeah. And I saw him play. A show with La Coca Nostra one time at like a really <laughs> La Coca Nostra like, yeah with like at like a really <laughs> shitty like like divey hotel bar in Edmonton and is it, it the one like, by the Coliseum yeah that one. oh god yeah, the worst. yeah I went there and anyway. I, I saw a Mad Child La Coca Nostra show and it was <laughs> as you would expect I mean I got drunk and it was a good time but it was kind of fucked up <laughs> jeez this was some Canadian shit we just went down. <laughs> All right. Fuel injected the rips. Oh, it's a fucking look, great song. Yeah, yeah, like inject, yeah. fuel injected if you by like, swollen members. If you like again. alternative, late 90s, early aughts, hip hop, swollen members were awesome. They yeah, were great. it's good. Um, all right. That's good. That's the game. Who won? Duck? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah by like yeah. a landslide. Oh, no. We all kind of lost this one. Oh, yeah, we all lost. <laughs> we all lost. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Everyone loses Robert this Bull game. This Robert, Robert Bowles, the real winner. <laughs> this is... <laughs> All right, Joystick, thank you for coming. <laughs> uh, what do you got to plug? We're playing with uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls in two months with Mustard Plug and January, what is the date? January is That's like a hard LimeWire show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Skanking by Numbers and Bang Keep Mafia. Those will probably both be played for like Hell a yeah. <laughs> well, what was the date? I was talking over you. Oh, January, and then I was hoping they knew. January something. January sixteenth. <laughs> I only yeah. know because I'm trying to book flights for that show this week. Um, what was it? <laughs> it's like a Tuesday night or something like that. A good old New Orleans Tuesday night ska show. Whatever, oh, that's, that's fun. Good time, yeah. 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 Hey, 
Hey, check her past episodes coming on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Even before that, to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Even before that, episode, before we, have, uh, we have our EP release show with Bad Operation in New Orleans. Uh, hell, oh, hell yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Cool. So that'll be cool. That's an 18 and over show. Not quite all ages, unfortunately, but um yeah we're super excited get a fake id come on <laughs> speak in the back yeah. listen i will not know in that behavior but i also won't play against it yeah <laughs> what's crazy is that like 21 is a lot farther away than 18 that's our like um whatever adult age here <laughs> where you're allowed to drink and go to shows i'm yeah. like fuck if i had to wait to 21 to go to shows like that would suck then you would have been going to shows for like six years before you <laughs> yeah i had a fake id since we'll at least uh and the new ep's out and the new ep's yeah. out yep shipping you only get to hear the mystery b-side if you buy it yeah so. and where can people buy it uh badtimerecords.com so they are available in stock and shipping now so yeah nice go, go and the get secret it. is that the b-side is just a bunch of voicemails and bad trumpet playing <laughs> Shit. <laughs> We've been found out. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to Checkered Past. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Checkered Past Pod. Send us an email at checkeredpasspod at gmail.com. Support the pod and get bonus content, including a full length and unedited video of this episode. Sign up for the Checkerhead Patreon at patreon.com slash checkered past. We also have merch available at checkeredpast.ca. Checkered Past is edited by Ariane and engineered by Joey. That's me. And until next time, I'm Rob, Celine, and Joey. In the immortal words of Voodoo Glow Skulls, when you choke on your black smoke, no one will be there for your rescue. <laughs>